You're listening to Incalculable Orbit of a Rogue Planet on Open Lines Radio. Follow Miss Carafa on Instagram at Miss underscore Carafa. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. And be sure to check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. Now stay tuned for Incalculable Orbit of a Rogue Planet. Enjoy! Hey y'all, Miss Carafa here, and I am so excited that you are going to let me chat to you about professional and personal blockage and self-sabotage today. Why? Because we do it to ourselves all the time. We suffer from it, and there is very rarely a cure. In fact, we often just sedate ourselves and, and pretend that the things that we wanted to do and we wanted to achieve didn't really matter anyway. So let's talk about professional blockages first. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be a money-making venture. It could just be a, a part of who you are. And, and who we are kind of, it all goes on our resume, right? Like if we volunteer, that goes on there. So if you're a writer and you're suffering from writer's block, I'm talking to you first. So uh, I had this fabulous professor once <laughs> and he is an amazing dude and I miss him so very much and the fact that he is not on this earth makes me very sad so uh, <laughs> this guy stands up and he says this semester I want you to get in touch with yourselves <laughs> and so for a writing class I was super excited to see where this was going but uh, I just kind of waited for a syllabus and then he said, this whole semester is devoted to you in the environment. I want you to feel the same relief of a long piss when you write this paper. So for me personally, it was easy. I chose Chernobyl and that was a great paper. But anyway, he said, I want you to feel the same relief of a long piss. And I just thought, man... This must be like the chillest dude I've ever met <laughs> because I mean, I mean, it, it, I always feel good after I pee. <laughs> but anyway, for all of you wonderful writers, how long have you been sitting on your half-developed ideas and desires? How long are you going to wait to bring that character to life? What if that character isn't even about you? And I know that I said this in my last post and and I really believe that we have this obligation to use our gifts um, to help one another. And even if we don't even know how or who, what if we never meet the person we're helping? Does it even matter? No, we had something to do. And so we just did it. So if you've got that inner monologue and it's been following you around for 20 years, why are you still sitting on that stack of papers? You need to you need to finish that up and you need to let it go. You need to know that that character that's telling you something, that's it might just not be for you. Maybe you're all good and comfortable with that character, but maybe that character is not there for you. And maybe they're just passing through you. And the reason they're still here or still in your head is because you didn't spread the word. 
And what if the character just, what if it's just there to guide somebody else? <laughs> so I understand your concerns with, with your blocks, right? Like what if my writing is crap? Well, the answer to that is writing is recursive and you can alter syntax and vocabulary if necessary. But if someone doesn't get it and if someone is going to take the time to get it, then they don't need your message anyway and they can move on. So I can personally relate to having a character in your head and the joy of sitting down and hashing out, you know, a good chapter when the full moon comes and you know sometimes it's it's terrible because we become so comfortable with that character and and you almost become excited to see where that character is going but you if you finish that character and and pay that character it's it's due diligence then it's gonna free up the message for a new character and I can understand that you might not even know what happens after you're done with this character, but it's time. To, it's time. I'm telling you, I am here to tell you it is time <laughs> to sit down and go through some of your writing. And the other thing, you know, so I was talking about having a character in your head. The other thing is um, if you're an empath and you have an experience that you have to process through. I have really tried to never write any of the experiences because I feel bound to secrecy almost. <laughs> even though even though I, I end up and I meet a lot of strangers and talk to a lot of strangers, it's mostly you know, the idea of sharing someone else's experience. And, and for me, it's a way to process and how can I take this in my life and have this help me become a better person who can help others. But the other example is, you know, if the character's in your head, well, what if the character's not in your head? What if the character that you've been writing about or the character who, who you want to write about is someone that you know? And there's a fear of a reveal or disrespect or, or even, you know, crossing boundaries. You still need to write it because you will never be able to move on if you don't. So you have to write it, but sharing is optional. Uh, and so I, I am going to, and I just said that I, I don't um, share things that happen very often, but I am going to share one because, and that's actually what, what made me decide to talk about this, is the other day I was just approached and it was totally cool, very nonchalant, hey, how, how's it going? And I heard a life story and there at the very end of it, <laughs> you know, because it's always so superficial in the beginning, right? Let's start digging deeper. And then at the very end, this woman was speaking about her son and she leaned in. We are standing out in the wide open world. And she leaned in and she said, but I think my son is gay and I don't know how to tell him that it's okay. And I just looked at her 
and my whole world just kind of like <laughs> collapsed. I'm like, oh, okay, now I know why I just heard 30 minutes of everything I just heard. And I just told this woman that you need to tell him before you die. Okay, this woman was not young. This woman was not healthy. And she just felt the need to approach me in a parking lot and tell me this. And my response from who I am and my response from everything I've ever been through told me to tell this woman that she needs to just find the courage and tell her son that it is okay. And, uh, and so if you're listening to this and if your mom never told you that it was okay to be who you are, I'm telling you right now, maybe that was your mom and it's okay to be who you are and maybe she just didn't tell you. Because, wow, of all of the things that have really bothered me, that one was the worst because she just kind of... <laughs> that whole love and acceptance thing. It's pretty important. Uh, anyway, so, and I sat down and I wrote about it, and then I I realized that, you know, blockages, and, and that will probably be the only other, the only empath story I will ever share, but I am, ah, I feel so much better now. (laughs) So, um, the next thing, oh yes, by the way, go through your writing there. Did I get that message across that there are things... Oh, yeah. So the other thing I was going to say about that was, you know, I was talking about how the writing process is recursive. And so we, I think, I think it's part of our culture where you've got that whole imposter syndrome kind of floating around and you've got people wanting to be a hippie again. You've got people wanting to be a beatnik again. And you've got people who are... I don't know, (laughs) delving back into transcendentalism and, uh, oh, yeah, um, I just, I'm just waiting for a, I I, I keep waiting to meet a Walt Whitman, it'd be pretty interesting, but (laughs) I, um, you know, maybe that's not such a bad thing, you know, you're, you're not going to use the same words and you're not going to find the same crowd, I feel kind of like we're, we're such a mixed bag right now as far as uh, decades clashing that, you know, maybe you're the next Norman Mailer. You know, maybe no one's going to read it. Maybe everyone's going to read it. Maybe it's going to be criticized heavily. Does it really matter? I mean, again, sharing is optional, but the writing, it's probably time for you to do some. Okay, off my soapbox about that one. <laughs> um, so the next blockage is art. And uh, so here you have art as therapy, and then you have art as, um, as a money-making venture. And so if art is your money-making venture and you're trying to figure out your your niche, I would highly encourage you to consider uh, materials that can be frogged. And this is a term that was so foreign to me. And I love that I, I met this fiber artist and she's a fellow mama and it's it's so great getting to know her. And um, so in, in fiber art, you can 
frog your work if you mess up on a count or if something doesn't look right or if the gauge is wrong you can actually just rip it <laughs> which is why it's called frogging and i um you know she made such a such a great point that as artists you are often out of your materials and so um yeah, that really sucks to you. And and I understand that from a, a building perspective. You know, if you make one wrong cut, your wood is screwed. Well, no, it's not screwed. It's just, well, anyway. <laughs> it might never get screwed. And then that's equally terrible, perhaps. But um, with frogging, you have the yarn. And you have your crochet hooks or your knitting needles. And you can just redo it. You can make something else, or you can go back and fix it. But if you are trying to make money, perhaps the best way to go would be to start with something that won't cost so much if you um, if it doesn't work out. So I think you know exploring fiber art as as a way, um, and actually. As I'm saying this, you know, even from a therapeutic perspective, um, you know, because how many times have you sat down to draw or sketch something and then you've actually just scribbled? Well, uh, perhaps fiber art for therapy would be fabulous. You know, if if or when you get frustrated at the end of the day, you can just rip that out and you can start over. And maybe that's, you know, just the repetitive motion uh, can be very therapeutic and you know you're you're still making something if if you want to pursue it you you can actually make something from whatever pain you were uh working through and um and you know anticipation in art can be such a bust and you you really need to not be so hard on yourself but you know for all of you makers and creators out there it's it's time you have to lift that blockage you have to create and um, again, sharing is optional. You could just make something and throw it.